My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, listeners, we have Amanda here with us. And this one is unique because Amanda actually reached out to me. So she was a previous listener and the podcast episodes really resonated with her. And when she emailed me about wanting to be on the podcast and some of the topics that she wanted to talk about, I was like, yes, yes. So many women are going to love this. She's talking about some things that we've not really delved into before but I know a lot of women are going to resonate with this. So Amanda, thank you so much for spending your time with us a little bit this afternoon. Um, No problem. Let's just go into first and foremost, some basic demographic information about your family, kind of the makeup of your family and give us some time for that. So my husband and I have been married for 12 years. We've been together for 17. So we've been together what feels like forever. We have a almost four-year-old, excuse me, I have an almost four-year-old, vivacious, strong-willed, spirited little girl. And um, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. And I have been a stay-at-home mom since my daughter was born, which was a huge change for me. Um, We live in Michigan right now, and we have a dog. And it's just kind of a little bit about our family. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what it was like getting pregnant, kind of your journey leading up to getting pregnant, and then your experience finally becoming a mom for the first time. What a journey. So we actually had conversations when we met, when we got married about kids, because I never really wanted kids. And my husband stated that he never really wanted kids either. So obviously we met young. We met when we were 20. Um, when we got married, we were 25. When we were about 30, I started feeling a little bit of a biological clock ticking um, and started feeling a little bit bit by the maternal instincts. So we started talking about kids um, and it turns out that he didn't want to push me into kids. Um, But anyway, we mutually agreed that uh, we would like to start trying for kids. So we were 30 Um, I spoke with my doctor, went off birth control, nothing was happening. I've also suffered from endometriosis for as long as I can remember. So she suggested surgery. So I had a surgery. She said, your best chance to get pregnant will be immediately after, well, three years later and nothing was happening. Never, um, never even a little bit pregnant. So, um, in that time, There were career changes. Um, There were out of state. 
exist. So we ended up meeting with fertility doctors, finally found the right one. Um, we did end up going through IUI and we did three rounds of IUI. To say that it was an emotionally challenging journey is putting it mildly. And I know any moms who've experienced this can agree with that. Um, so we were on the third round of IUI. We had decided IVF was not an option for us, just personally, not that we have anything against it. It's just something that I knew I wasn't going to be able to handle mentally, emotionally, physically. So each round of IUI, I was producing less eggs. It was looking more and more grim. Um, the final round, we had decided before we even did the transfer or anything that this was going to be it. We were going to take a break. We were going to regroup. Um, we were going to talk about adoption. Um, I only had one egg. Of course, that would be the round that I got pregnant. And um, we had a little girl in December of 2016. Picture perfect pregnancy. Um, obviously, I had morning sickness and all of that, but no major complications. I had a picture perfect labor, um, labor and delivery, and then postpartum came. And I think from, I would say the majority of what I experienced, a lot of it was shock. Um, shock that I actually was pregnant, shock that I was actually a mother. I remember when she came out, the doctor held her up and she said, here's your little girl. And I said, holy expletive. <laughs> that was my first words. Um, and it's just been an adventure ever since. So it was, it was a challenging journey. It was a rough journey um, to get us to have a kid. And then when she did come, it's been an adventurous journey even after as well. Mm -hmm. You're bringing up a lot of, I, I think, topics that moms struggle with, which is we hear a lot about moms who knew that they always wanted to be a mom and they just had this maternal instinct and they were so excited. And we don't really hear often from the moms who like me, like I'd say that that was me too. I never really, it's not that I didn't want children, but I never really envisioned it the way that other women seem to talk about it. And so, yeah, I can definitely relate to the, just the shock of it. Like, okay, I feel like other women have been kind of preparing this and living this for their whole life. And now like, this is real. This is right in front of me. This is yes. a lot to take in right now. So yes. Yeah. So talk to me about just that initial, I mean, even from the start, it seems like it was like, boom, big change, big transition, especially for you. Talk to me about those first couple of days, what that initial adjustment was like. And when you started to get the sense that things were not right. So I would say probably around I would say around two weeks is probably when I started realizing that things were probably not right. Um, stupidly, we were living out of state at the time from all of our family and we sent them home um, after our daughter was born. So we came home with her and sent everybody away. And obviously, you know, we didn't know any better. Um, so we didn't have any support. And we were exhausted to say the least. My daughter, unfortunately, um, was a reflexy, colicky, um, never wanted to sleep child for 
for the first, you know, like a year and a half of her life. So um, to say that we were sleep deprived is an understatement. Um, I distinctly remember though, about a week and a half after we'd been home from the hospital, we, I came, my husband was sitting on the couch with my daughter and I came over to him and I said, with tears running down my face, I don't want to do this. And he said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be rough for a while. It's going to get better. And I just looked at him and I said, we made a huge mistake and I don't want to do this anymore. This is not what I want. So I spoke with some other moms. I didn't reach out to my doctor or anything because I didn't know better. I had heard about baby blues and ironically, I'd actually been in therapy prior um, to getting, I've been in therapy for most of my adult life for anxiety and, and whatnot. But when I found out I was pregnant, I actually went to therapy in preparation um, in case of postpartum depression. And unfortunately, nothing that the therapist said or anything that we worked on really like resonated with me after my daughter was there. But um, it was probably, we kind of just pushed through that. And I just remember thinking like, I feel no bond with her. I've never, I've never ever felt connected with her. Like she just feels like some foreign, foreign piece of this family. And so every now and again, I would bring it up to my husband about how, you know, are we doing the right thing? And, and, and not even recognizing my, in my own brain that like, you don't have a choice. <laughs> this baby is here. This is what your life is going to be like, but not being able to see forward and see that it wouldn't always be like that. Um, but it was such a shock and having tried to have a kid for so long and having gone through infertility, there was also such a guilt associated with what I was feeling because I'm supposed to be happy. This is supposed to be the best thing that's ever happened to me because I struggled for so long. And all the other moms that I knew, that I know that are going through infertility, what would they think if they knew that this is how I was feeling? Um, so after, you know, probably I would say like the first, four weeks and we started having family come in and we got a little bit, a little bit of sleep. Um, things kind of just kept going along the way that they were until she was about three and a half months and they were actually getting a little bit better. I was still feeling pretty depressed, but they were getting a little better. And then we hit this thing called the four month sleep regression and life as we knew it, if we thought it couldn't get worse, we were wrong. Um, she went from still waking up like every two to three hours is what we were getting. Then she wouldn't go down at night. Um, when we finally were able to get her to sleep, she'd sleep for 20 minutes and that was it. There were no naps. Um, so at night we were up every 20 minutes. Uh, and this went on for weeks, like a month and a half or something like that. Um, the, I would say at that point, that would be where my postpartum really turned into a rage um, because I didn't understand. I was failing so miserably in my mind. I was not doing anything right. 
my daughter was four months old. She wasn't sleeping. She wasn't eating. She was crying all the time. I felt like she was feeding off of my energy. And it was this vicious cycle that just wouldn't stop. Um, so my rage sort of came in the form definitely with um, the triggers were eating and sleeping. So she would, um, I had given up on breastfeeding after about six weeks. So she was bottle fed. And every time I would try to feed her, she'd eat an ounce and that was it. And I would get so frustrated. I remember throwing the bottle across the room and just screaming like, why won't you eat? And my husband would have to come in, take her away from me and say, you need to go somewhere else and cool off and just chill. Um, sleep was the other one. So at this point, obviously my husband was back to work. So it's pretty much just me. And I don't really know a human who can survive on that little sleep over and over. And it's not like she was napping during the day. So it's not like I could even say to myself, okay, she's going to be up all night, but she's going to take, you know, an X amount of our nap the next day. So I can I can get some sleep then. It was just one big, who knows when I'm gonna get to sleep next. Um, and trying to put her down in the middle of the night and she wouldn't fall asleep. And then if she did, 20 minutes later, she was up. Same thing, like would, would be where my rage would come in. And I would get so frustrated that I'd have tears running down my face and I would, have to set her in her bouncy seat in her room and walk away while she was screaming, but I'd have to walk away because I didn't understand why I could not get her to be happy. And I was failing and I had to walk away because I was scared I was going to do something um, to hurt her. So in the end, after this went on for about a week or so, my parents actually came out to give us a reprieve they actually took her overnight and we went and stayed at a hotel finally. And when we came back the next day, my mom said to me, I don't know how you're doing this by yourself. I don't know. So it was sort of an intervention at that point um, between myself, my husband and my family. We actually agreed that it would be better for me if I came back to Michigan and stayed with my family for a little bit of time. So I wasn't alone. Um, so I did that, uh, things continued the way they were. Although when I came to Michigan, I did seek help from a therapist here and I was able to see that therapist a couple times. This was probably the first time that anybody said you need to get help. So I was able to see that therapist while I was here. When I got back, um, home, she was sleeping a little bit better a little bit meaning not waking up every 20 minutes. And um, I put all my energy into finding help for myself. I was able to find an amazing therapist who specialized in postpartum. And I would see her at least once a week. Um, she was about an hour drive from my house, but it was worth it. And it was also kind of nice because it was an hour that I wasn't in the car with a screaming child. Um, and that probably was after about, I'd say like a month, month and a half of intense 
therapy is when I finally started feeling like I was crawling out of the dark uh, is the way that it felt. Um, and then things, things got better. She started sleeping better. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that I started feeling better and then she started feeling better again. Cause I just think that her and I, we feed off of each other. Um, so everything was going really good. Um, and then when she was seven months old, um, we had two dogs prior to having her and we had had them for God, 10 years. So they were our first babies and we unexpectedly lost my first, uh, baby. And, and I felt like I went right back down to where I was probably even further. So I had to climb my way back out again. Um, finally got out again. And then right around when she was nine months, things were, were going really well. Felt like I was finally getting the hang of things and finally getting some self-confidence back. Then I found out we were moving states again after I just accepted that we were going to be out of state. This is what our life was going to be like. Um, that move was actually really hard, even though we were moving home towards family. And I have to say, we've been home now for about three years. I would say like just now, within the last year, I feel like I've finally found my footing as a mom, finally found my confidence, and finally stopped caring about what other people think and really have started forming a bond with my daughter. Um, and I feel like that's pretty sad because like I said, she's going to be four. So I have a lot of regret and guilt about all the time that I've, I've missed out with her, but that's sort of where in a, in a quick snapshot, that's what my journey has been like, um, thus far. My gosh, I have so many feel, I just feel, I feel for you so deeply. And I have to say, this is of all the interviews that I've done, I always see a little bit of myself in these women, because as I've said before, like we're all in it together. Like we are all one in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I feel like your story is my story. Like <laughs> you just brought back things that I feel like I've forgot consciously or not. Like even yes. the first thing that I said to about my son when he got here was, I, I don't even remember, but it was definitely a swear word of some sort. <laughs> it was not like, oh my gosh, bring him here. Or I, I forget what it was, but it was definitely along the lines of what you were saying. Just like, oh my God, like, oh my mm -hmm. God, oh my God, oh my God. And then two, I also live away from my family. So we are states and states away from our family and not having that support around is a huge, like you, like there's no amount, like you cannot underscore that enough. Like that, that is very, very difficult for new moms because to have that support at your disposal, like some families do like to take them for a nap time or come over and watch the baby while you go grocery shopping. Like you didn't have that. No. And you add the colic onto it. You add the difficulty sleeping on top of it. Like the four month sleep regression. I remember that too. Like, I just feel for you so deeply and I'm honoring the fact, like the deepness and the, the significance that you must've been feeling these deep, deep, dark emotions to even mm -hmm. like then say something about it to your husband and whatnot. Like you must've been 
in such a dark place. And I'm so honored to like give you the space to kind of air that out and unpack all that for our moms. So thank you. No, I feel like this is very cathartic for me. Um, it's also very hard for me to sort of relive it. If it even reaches one person who's out there right now struggling and thinking, this is not how it's supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be a mom. I just need them to know to just hang on because it's not going to be like this forever. I promise you. I so promise. Like, I don't get rage anymore. I love her more than I ever thought I could love something. Um, Just know that it doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. That's such a a strong message. And I remember hearing messages like that when I was in the thick of it myself and being like, but what if it doesn't? Like, what if right. it doesn't happen for me? Like, what if there's something wrong with me that this doesn't apply to me? Like, what if it is always this way? And something that you're, you're you brought up something really huge. Um, this idea of like how you and the baby can feed off of each other. Right. So like when you're mm-hmm. really anxious and you have this negative energy that manifests itself as far as the baby goes is like difficulty sleeping, colic and agitation, upset, like, and, and what, what some loved ones of mine, they had good intentions, but they would always tell me like, you just got to chill. You just got to stop being so anxious. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, but then you, but then I too, like after, like you said, like after therapy and after taking care of myself, it's not a coincidence, right? Like it's not a coincidence that as we start to feel better, they pick up on that. And absolutely, it's not like, like, I'm not saying that moms need to just, you know, stop being so anxious, stop feeling so negative because they're going to feed off of it. But there is something to that. And like, just give yourself permission to take care of yourself, whatever it means to start to feel a little bit better, whether it's going and getting help, talking to a loved one, asking someone to come over so that you can just like get a little bit of a break, like whatever it takes for you to feel that little bit of better energy. Like there's something with the baby's connection with us. Like they respond to it for better or for worse. So thank you for bringing that up too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and and self-care looks different for everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So so talk to me. I mean, I, cause I, I'm with you too. I don't, I hate like bringing myself into it, but again, I feel like moms need all the solidarity they can get mm-hmm. this, this concept of guilt and looking back at the previous years, you know, as you've climbed out of the darkness a little bit, you're looking back at everything and you're in a good place with her now. Um, I know you said that you still feel guilty about it. You still feel regretful. Like how else do you, do you try to cope through that? Because that is a very real issue and you're here now, right? Like I feel if maybe you can relate to this, I feel like there are certain things with my son because of what I went through, I would never be able to appreciate the way, like if I would have just had a quote unquote normal or pleasant introduction to motherhood, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think for a long time, and I'm sure, you know, as a parent of one not long after we had her, we started getting questions about when are you going to have another? I not even wrap my head around that. And then I went through a phase where 
I felt like I needed to have another to sort of redo it because I felt like I screwed up so much with her and lost so much that I didn't get any of the experiences that I was supposed to get that were owed to me. And um, it really has been, it's really just been working really hard with my therapist to sort of see, like you said, the beauty in the things that I've experienced with her. Um, and I don't want to say that makes me like a, a sturdier mother or anything, but she has definitely made me a stronger person overall. And there are things that I have learned about myself that I never would have learned had she been what my therapist and I like to call a blah baby. Um, and, and if you're a mom to a blah baby, I'm very jealous. Um, but I also know that I think it had to happen that she, she had to push me. Um, she had to push me to grow. And so there are still feelings of guilt associated with her infancy, um, even parts of her toddlerhood. But for the most part, there's also just this gratefulness and appreciative um, mindset that I have because this little thing has taught me so much about myself that, that nobody ever could have taught me. And I don't think I could have learned in any other way. Like she gave me the crash course in motherhood. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so excited to share with you guys a planner that I've had for months now, and now I have an absolutely incredible offer so that you can enjoy it with me. I've tried yearly planners, blank diaries, and everything in between, all the way from back when I was in high school. Silk & Sonder is the perfect planner that I've been waiting for for years. Silk & Sonder is a self-care monthly planner and journal subscription service, including monthly, weekly, and daily planning pages, plus activities that change each month and are targeted to help with your self-care. You'll get coloring pages, recipes, habit trackers, journaling prompts, and more. Silk & Sonder offers monthly, quarterly, annual, and gift subscriptions. It's the first ever monthly planning experience aimed to empower you to live the life that you've always wanted. Inspired by a new theme each month, they hand curate, design, and deliver each issue straight to your doorstep. You'll love each month's blend of productivity and planning, introspection and mindfulness, and lifestyle content. I've been using mine for months, and I'll honestly never go back to a regular planner ever again. For 25% off your order, head to my website at jennaoverbod.com and click on deals. Yeah, it, it's hard to to say what it would have been otherwise, you know, if their personalities were a little bit different or if their temperament was a little bit different, but I'm with you. I feel like I too have gone from this place of, I don't feel like I have a bond with him. Like I used to tell my husband all the time, like he wasn't supposed to be mine. Like, yes, like, like something happened in fate and serendipity, like in the universe where he was, he was not supposed to be mine. Like it just didn't feel like he belonged to me. And I didn't know what that felt like. Like you said, until probably recently, he's two and a half now, probably within the past year, I've started to feel that, but 
having had all those awful emotions and experiences and thoughts, now I look at him and I'm with you. Like he's my greatest teacher and Mm -hmm. I love how I am now and who I am now. And I know that my experiences as a mom with anxiety and depression and rage and all that, that definitely contributed to what is here right now. So yeah, it's, it's complicated and it's confusing, but they are our greatest teachers. That's for sure. Absolutely. So where, so where are you all at now? Kind of you're, you were saying, you know, you gave us some good input as to how you're coping with the guilt and some regret and you feel like you're, you're in a good spot with her now. So why don't you talk about maybe some things that you learned in therapy and just day to day, what things look like for you now that before they looked so much different? Sure. So before it was a lot about what can I do to get through the day and a lot of um, survival, I guess. Whereas now there's more actual enjoyment. I look forward more toward um, events, days. Um, it does help that she, she actually started school. So she's in preschool a couple days, a couple half days. Um, and that's been huge because whether you're a working mom, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, I mean, our kids are our lives 24-7. And in being a stay-at-home mom, I definitely lost my identity. I had no clue as to who I was, but ironically enough, through having my daughter, she's also taught me a lot about who I am that I didn't know before. Um, So the biggest thing for me that I've learned in therapy is self-care. But what I learned, you know, self-care, even when she was little, it looked a lot different for me then than what it looks like now. I've had to learn it's evolved over the years. Before it was literally taking a shower. That would have been self-care for me in that season of my life. Now, self-care is more about um, taking time for myself working at, so going to therapy, that's actually self-care for me. Um, I've started meditating. That's self-care for me. It just looks a little bit different now than it did before. Before it was a lot of the everyday activities that, I guess, luxuries that um, I used to take for granted. Eating a meal, eating a hot meal, um, being part of the party. There were so many times when I couldn't be um, part of an event that we were at because I was always somewhere else with a crying baby. I remember when she was two weeks old, I joined the mom group because I thought I've got to get help. I've got to have support. And I met all these other great moms, but we're all sitting on the floor in a circle and all their babies are beautiful and laying on the blanket and cooing And then there was me in the back corner and one other woman. And we're standing up just trying to rock our babies who just won't stop crying. So even going to a mom group, um, I had resentment and I had rage toward my daughter because it was like, this is what I need. This is what I want is to connect with other moms and you won't even give me that. So like I said, learning about self-care, learning about what self-care looks like for me and learning that it's always evolving. It might not look like it looks now in five years from now. It might look different. 
but um, working on giving myself grace, working on not being so critical of myself, and really working on letting go of what other people think. I used to want to parent in private because I was so terrified of what people would think about my parenting and that I had to have this picture perfect child. And parenthood is messy and, and it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, unfortunately we see it all the time on social media with the picture perfect lives and all that. But I, um, that sometimes means self-care means taking a break from social media for that same reason. But it's been a lot of, of working on really myself. And as I've worked on myself, I've just been better all around mentally, emotionally, and she absolutely can, can feed off my energy. And, and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing and it's frustrating, but it's also a great thing. So I've just really been, been trying to focus on me. Whereas before I felt that was a selfish thing. I now look at it as it's an absolute necessity because when we were going through that tough time, mom was going down and the ship was going down with it. So if I don't focus on myself and, and take time to be selfish, then we're all going to sink again. And that's just not an option. Yeah. For better or for worse, it seems like moms are the backbone of everything. And so when we're weak, everyone else suffers. And I learned way too late in the motherhood game that you can't fill from an empty cup. And mm -hmm. I remember it was like six months in that I heard that quote and I was like, oh my gosh, that's why everything has been sucking so much. Like I have not, I I've been, you know, you know, just sacrificing everything the way that moms do. And you brought up something else that I think a lot of women will resonate with, which is this concept of just like going out, right? Like going out to the grocery store, going out to a mom's group can be this very anxiety provoking and emotional thing when you don't know how they're going to act or you don't know how you're going to handle that distress of the baby. And not to mention being around other women who you assume are being judgmental, who you assume are looking at you. And it's just that, that is just such a complicated thing for moms to experience. Absolutely. I, I had major anxiety on outings. I remember the first time I took her to the mom's group when she was two weeks old was the first time we were out. And I was looking at my husband going, I don't think I can do this. And he said, you're literally going to a place where there's other moms with other babies. And I said, I know, but what if she starts crying or it's, it was very, very anxiety like I didn't even understand the, the concept of how do you take a child to Costco because what happens if I shouldn't say if but inevitably when for my daughter she started into one of her crying fits and I couldn't get her to stop and everybody's looking at you and and it looks different nowadays now that's still sort of the same but I don't have the anxiety about it today, it just looks like, you know, we might be in the store and she has a temper tantrum and everyone looks at you. But I've learned that it's not about what other people think, it's about you. And I know that, you know, everybody, especially people that are older and have kids, they've all gone through this. And maybe they're not looking at me like, oh my gosh, she's the worst mother because her daughter's throwing a fit in the middle of Target. Maybe they're looking at me like, 
oh God, I remember I've been there, you know? So Mm -hmm. I find myself actually reaching out to moms if I see something like that happening or just giving them a smile instead of a judgmental look to let them know solidarity. I know what you're going through. You are not alone. I promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just one of those ways that as we've talked about previously in the episode that we are better for having what we've, what we've gone through. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that I would be as sensitive or as comforting or as warm towards and forgiving as, as I am towards other moms, if I didn't have the experiences that I have had. So, yeah. So you've given us a really awesome before and after kind of what things were like for you in the darkest of moments and where you're at now. And I'm really glad to hear that you were able to pull yourself out of it and take care of yourself and prioritize yourself so that you could get help because so many women aren't able or aren't willing to do that. So what do you wish you knew back then? So whether it was before pregnancy, um, maybe at your darkest of moments, what do you wish you knew back then? I think for me, the biggest thing would be that everything is a phase and that it doesn't last forever. I just remember all the nights awake and crying as I'm rocking her and thinking, it's always going to be this way. For the rest of the 18 years, even though in my head I knew, obviously when she's a teenager, I'm not gonna be rocking her, but, but you think you're never gonna sleep. You think you're never gonna ever have time for you. You're never gonna have time for your husband. I, I wish that I knew that there's phases and they come and they go and they don't last forever. And whether they're good or bad, you will miss them. You might not miss the bad ones as much as you miss the good ones, but you will miss them. And, and everything is just a season and the season will change and you'll be in a new season and get to learn all the ups and downs of that one. But I just try to tell myself even these days when something is frustrating and, and new, or there's, you know, some sort of sleep issue going on, or it will not last forever. And I just wish that somebody had really drove that home for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so right, because I think logically we knew that, but it just still felt like such a trapped feeling, like, oh my gosh, this is- Such a good word. I'm done. I'm done. Like, this is how my life is going to be forever. And I'm just done. Like, what did I do? Yes. Trapped is the perfect word I would use to describe. Definitely her infancy is, it's just trapped. I'm trapped now. Mm -hmm. And it's so not true. Yeah, absolutely. What would you go back if you could and tell yourself at any point? Probably to calm down. (laughs) But that's, you know, telling someone with anxiety to calm down is, is just not, you know, it's fruitless. You can't, it doesn't really work. Um, I think if I could really go back and tell myself anything, I would tell myself that you can do it. Just to have more self-confidence in myself that everything doesn't have to look like these pictures and these videos that you see. And, and motherhood is not you know, them handing you the baby and the magical baby cooing at you. And it's messy. And it, it doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. It just means this is reality. And this is how life is. Life is messy, but life is also beautiful. So 
I think just to have more grace for myself and just um, really have more confidence in myself to prove that, that I can do this. And, and really we've grown together, my daughter and I, we've really grown up together and I'm so excited to see who she becomes. She might kill me first before we get there <laughs> because she's very spirited, but um, I'm so excited we're in the, the season of life now where she says these amazing things and her personality is really starting to shine. And it just makes me so excited because I know she's going to do awesome things. And uh, I just, I'm grateful to her that she has made me as strong as I am. Absolutely. What do you think is important for other moms to know? About motherhood? In general. Yeah. In general. Um, I think, I don't know, for me, it's just, it's the, I, I just, I had this idea of motherhood and, and I had been around kids. My sister is younger than me and she has three children and we had nieces and nephews. And so I had been around kids. Um, I think mothers just need to know when the bad times are bad, it's, it's low, but the good times are, it's just such a, a, an adventure of highs and lows and, and such a roller coaster. And for every day that you have, that's an awful day and you just can't wait to get them to bed. Um, tomorrow could be completely different and it could be the best day that you've had with them. Um, so just to know that it's, it's always changing. It's always changing. Um, it's always an adventure and really just you got to hang on for the ride and to enjoy it while you're in it. Because I can tell you from experience that there was no enjoyment for me for, for a very, 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 very long time. And, um, and, and I know I'm not saying enjoy the blowouts and the, and when they're not sleeping and the, but the little things, just try and take a moment and remember that they won't last forever, whether they're good or bad and just try and enjoy the moment for what it is. That's so beautiful. And you're bringing up, I'm remembering something that we talked about in this episode that I want to jump in and remind other moms that because because I think it's important for other moms to know. You mentioned this key issue of you struggled with infertility. You mm -hmm. had a hard time conceiving. And so that almost compounded your anxiety and your depression even more and your shame even more because you felt like I wanted this. I struggled with it so badly. So many other women struggle and now I'm rageful. Now I'm anxious. Now I'm depressed. Like, what does that mean about me? And I just want moms to know, and you can add anything that you'd like on this topic, but I want other moms to know you can be grateful and depressed at the same time, right? Like you can be, mm -hmm. you can be mourning your previous life. You can be just wanting nothing more than sleep and still be really appreciative and grateful and in love with the fact that you have this baby. I think a lot of women get shame, shame themselves because they feel like one emotion has to preside over the other. And usually it's, you have to be grateful. You have to be grateful. 
and they're not understanding and they're not getting the message that you can feel multiple things at once. You can be grateful and really depressed and mournful and grieving and frustrated and happy and all those things at the same time. Absolutely. And it's okay to feel the negative feelings for myself. There was so much, I put so much pressure on myself that I felt like I could never feel, you know, resentment or negative emotions because I had tried for so long and there was a survivor's guilt associated with that for all of my friends and all the moms that I knew that still weren't as lucky. Um, but I just don't think that you can really know what it looks like until, till you have the child, you know, everybody has an idea of what it's going to look like for them. Um, but struggling for so long, I think I was just in the mindset that it just truly was never going to happen. And, and I had sort of pre-programmed myself to think that obviously I was not meant to be a mother. And I think that sort of um, added to my, my lack of self-confidence because, you know, maybe this wasn't supposed to happen and maybe it was a fluke and, and I really wasn't, you know, cut out for this, but it's absolutely okay to have those negative emotions and to have the positive emotions. And it does not make you a bad person. It does not make you a bad mom. It doesn't mean that you don't love your child. Um, it just means this is the way you know, motherhood is rough. It can be rough and it's, but it'll be all right eventually. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sitting here talking, I'm just envisioning all these moms listening to you and hopefully feeling just very comforted about everything that it is that you're sharing. And as we've talked about our kids becoming our teachers and, you know, having gone through everything for a quote unquote reason, I just, God forbid your daughter ever struggles with anything related to this. I, I, and God forbid my son or his partner or, or whatever the situation is, God forbid they ever struggle. I feel like our strengths and our history will come and, and be able to help them. So. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but people have asked me if I'm, if I'm going to share my experience about what it was like with my daughter when she's older you know, whether that be when she's married and wants to have kids or whatnot. Um, and I, I will, and I'm not, but I don't want it to come off as, you know, this was all your fault or, but I want her to know um, the truth because no one really ever gave me the truth. It was always this motherhood is a blessing and motherhood is beautiful and and I need her to know the truth, that it can be messy, but that I'm absolutely there 100% to support her in whatever she needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like at the cost of them feeling like it's their fault. And, and I mean, obviously, I feel like I feel confident in our ability to make that known that that wasn't the case. And hopefully mm -hmm. by then, years from now, the conversation and the climate around these postpartum issues is so much more forgiving and less stigmatized. But I agree with you. I feel like I would certainly open up about those things so that there's not as much shame experienced for him if and when he's ever in this position or his partner is ever in this position. Um, yeah, I feel like we have a duty and, and this is what we're doing right now, right? This is the whole purpose of the, of the 
series is to yes. get these messages out there. We have this history now, we have this background and, and it's our job. I mean, we, I'm always stuck. I, I was just talking to my mom friends about this yesterday. Like when I have friends who are expecting, I want to tell them the truth, but I also <laughs> don't want to scare them. And that's a very fine line to walk. <laughs> yes, I agree. You know, I, I, they always, when you go to a baby shower and they always say like words of advice and it's like, I just want to, you know, have diarrhea of the mouth and put everything out there. But like you said, at the same time, I don't want to scare you, but I also want you to know that I am someone you can come to if you're finding yourself struggling with those things. Like, I'm not going to judge you. I just want you to know it happens. Um, It's, it's normal and it's okay. Um, But very much a fine line. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this theme so much, but I'm curious. And I ask all my moms before we wrap up, why do you think it's important to do and go through hard things? Oh, just to find out who you really are. That's truly where my journey has taken me. Um, It makes you so much stronger of a person and shows you you know, who you really are. And if somebody had explained to me that this was going to be what it was like, obviously I would have said, well, then I don't want to have a kid, but I can't even explain how grateful I am um, for the journey, even though it was the absolute hardest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. Um, But it's made me who I am today. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.